All right. Man, welcome back to uh, to another episode. Can't believe I'm saying that of Zero Reserve. I am your host today, Alex Black. With me, as always, is the lovely Alejandro Pantoya. Have you have have you ever been called the lovely Alejandro Pantoya before? I don't think so. I think that might be a first. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling? Pretty good. I mean, you know, it, it's about time to be honest. Right. Yeah. As well, joining us today, the esteemed Aaron Groth. How are we doing, buddy? Hello. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you guys uh, back. It's time. It's time. It's about time. Yeah. And uh <laughs> Yeah, I wish that I had I wish I had an enemy to do uh to do like a, a nice little wrestling intro for all of you, but uh, we're we're missing that component. Of, yeah, we're missing, of zero we're missing the big wrestler. Yeah, we 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 kick that component out. You mean? Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, so we're um, gonna go there eventually. Eventually, eventually. Teasers. So, uh, yeah, how's everybody been? I mean, it's been what? When was the last time we did an episode? Four years ago? Three years ago? At this point, three and a half years. At least three and a half. Yeah. I feel like it was right after Worlds in 2020. So I guess it's going on three years. Probably yeah, it was, years. it's hard to remember even exactly what the timeline was. Or you know, it's, things things uh things happened fast back then. That's fast. true. Yeah. Well, and it's like I don't know if this is like true for you guys as well, but I just feel like there is like a pre and post COVID time in my like memory, you know, and everything pre COVID just feels so long ago now, and everything post COVID feels like so close together. I don't know if that's if I'm explaining that well, but yeah. I, I think a lot I of people know. had I, I myself too had just like huge life changes after you know after after COVID so yeah it's pretty natural to, to have kind of a well and, and I think some, one of the strangest things about it you know when you talk about COVID and also sort of the end of FFG's you know um, steward stewardship of thrones is, is you know who knows what would have happened uh, even at, like say FFG hadn't decided <laughs> to can the game uh, you know, with, with COVID, I mean, COVID may have like killed the competitive FFG version of the game anyway. Like even if they hadn't made that decision ahead of time, you know, it was yeah. like a weird core, like it was a weird thing to happen sort of simultaneously because all like, like in-person gaming at that point kind of ceased for a while and mm-hmm. and it, and you know and then there was this sort of period of people i feel like digging through the ashes and and sort of finding what was left and uh and here we are yeah you hate to say it that uh ffg kept this game alive by killing it <laughs> 
Because that's what yeah. happened. I mean, I felt like it was on the cusp of we were moving into, I forget what it was called the first time, whatever council or whatever that was going to take it over. And everyone was migrating to online anyways. And I know Alejandro, me and you, and somewhat, you know, CT were playing those online tournaments that, that yeah. summer after Worlds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played. I played in quite yeah. a bit of tournaments. I, I played I played in Europe like a bunch of tournaments for the first time, you know, because yeah. you can do that from the internet. Exactly. So, yeah, the Iron Throne kind of took over from the real play. And then, yeah, eventually COVID hit and it just kept going from there. I think I won a national champion in that stint. I, I think I... I lost in a final there somewhere, but yep. I vaguely remember that now. Yeah, that was a runner. Yeah. Ooh, what what nationals know. was that? There's so Spanish? many nationals. Yeah, there was a bunch. Oh, but Spanish, Spanish nationals? Yeah. 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 Right on. Yeah, I mean, in that way, I suppose, um, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a adapt, adapt or die, right? And, uh, and thankfully, we had such a great... Um, such a great platform online for people to use you know i mean if that didn't exist i i, I wonder i, I uh yeah the i, I wonder what would have happened you know yeah 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 so just a quick shout out to the iron throne uh yeah. definitely do they they still they still accept donations don't they i think so yeah they've still got a yeah. patreon it's a and, new thing you know Go ahead, Alan. Shout, shout out Thrones DB too, and Stefan. He's been keeping it running, keeping the lights on there for a yep. while too. He'll take donations. Thank you very much. Absolutely, yeah. So they're new. Yeah, things. I mean, I know the shilling usually happens at the end of the episode, but <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't already donated to Thrones DB or the Iron Throne, I, I don't know that the community in in the way that it exists today would 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 if not for those platforms. So. Absolutely, I mean, especially, yeah. The new thing is Ko-Fi. I don't know if you guys saw that. We'll put it out. So that's gonna be the new way they're gonna be spreading the money out. So for anyone listening, check that out. No, I'm not. I'm completely unfamiliar. Why don't you? you know, why don't you illuminate that for us, Griff? Yeah, I have. Uh, I'll have more information when I see Will next week because I'm going to his tournament. Shout out to Regionals next week for Missouri. Um. I'm going to get more information on that, but it looks like it's going to be kind of an all-in-one place to donate, and then they'll be spreading it out where the money needs to go. Because um, right now, the head of this is called Global Operations uh, Team. got Global Operations Team. So, so Thrones DB and the Iron Throne are sort of being like absorbed by the Global Operations Team? Is yeah. That- so the global operations team is the umbrella now, and then everything is falling underneath that. Um, that was operating independently is now kind of going into concert and operating together. And um, what you guys are joining is at the right time where we've gotten a lot of new players in that have kind of put the life back into it. And it is, uh, you know, as we're going down memory lane, for me at least, I've kind of stayed with it. Uh, mostly, I took about eight yeah, nine months. You've been, you've been stalwart, man. Yeah, I took about eight nine month, um, you know, break for a little bit. Me and Todd Jansen, um, but just seeing it and you guys coming back, back it feels like, oh, like yeah. you know, coming back and being you know sold out almost. That's going to be, I think, a, another energy boost. Yeah, that's super exciting. Um, 
before we we get too deep into uh, the discussion about thrones, and I mean, I know we're all very excited to talk about where things are at now and and what things look like going forward. I'm I'm interested in hearing you know a bit about every, everybody's lives and <laughs> since uh, since since last we spoke. I mean, you know, I wish I could say that I I stayed in super close contact with either of you guys, but really without thrones there um you know it was kind of intermittent at best you know i mean like what's uh what's new with you guys uh, you know in your lives and stuff alejandro yeah i agreed i like i got i got off of facebook uh you know thrones was i always said thrones was the only thing keeping me on facebook and uh i, I certainly miss all the the updates from everybody but um when the pandemic happened actually like a year after uh i got laid off and then moved to Folsom and now angela and i are living together and we're getting married soon actually all right wait yeah. wait when did that when did, when did this happen when did it happened pretty happen? it happened pretty recently um oh damn dude Congrats. yeah another, yeah another friends couple yeah yeah so uh, we were planning on like a a spring or fall next year thing, and neither of us want a big wedding, so don't don't look out for invites. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just gonna do family, but um, in the planning, we're both kind of like, yeah, should we just like do it now and then kind of do the celebration later? And we both yeah, we're super in on that. So uh, so in um. <laughs> on the 19th we're getting married congrats man that's exciting that's amazing yeah yeah i can say from recent experience dude weddings are expensive so uh make sure your celebration make sure every person you invite to your celebration is uh super important to you i wouldn't have i wouldn't go back and change anything about mine but you know it's like <laughs> every invite uh every invite is uh is a big uh you know, costs. So I totally understand that for sure. But that is super exciting, man. I'm stoked for you. Thank you. Did you guys, uh, did, um, did you guys, uh, did you guys know that, um, have you known for a while that you were, you were going to tie the knot or is, is, was that sort of a recent, uh, recent thing? We, we have, we've been, we've been, yeah. Figuring out. Talking about it. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's just do it sooner. The cow gets here. married. <laughs> uh, yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, heck yeah, dude. Grok, uh, how about you, man? What's uh, what's new in your life since uh, since our last zero reserve episode? Yeah, um, basically, I I kept with the Thrones. Like I said, um, I was still in Colorado, Colorado Springs, uh, keeping up with the local meta too. Even during the pandemic, we were able to do that. Um, a lot of Coloradians, they, uh, they love to get out of their house. So we had a different situation compared to a, a lot of the States and then ended up for job. I had to go to California for a bit. And then, uh, from there, uh, moved to Tennessee and where I'm currently located and, uh, just have a chill job now. And that's about it on my life, but I'm looking forward to talking thrones with you guys and trying to get the American meta back on. Uh, the Euro has been carrying a lot of the load. That's very true. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, you're you're a rambling man. Are you ever uh, are you ever going to settle down in one place, or is this going to be your life for the next uh, decade? Do you think next uh, next six years at least till I retire out of the military, and then after that, um, looking to, um, I was talking to Alejandro over there, looking to stay out west. Uh, the weather fits me the best out there. Yeah, come on out, man. We'd love to have you back for sure. I will gladly take that invite. Humidity here, killing. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah. And as for me, um, yeah, what's up with you? Uh, Big news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, just a complete overhaul of my life since COVID happened. Um, I uh, I met a wonderful woman in 2020, and we're married now, and she's the. She's mm-hmm. due to give birth to our son, honestly, any yeah, day now. Frankly, we, uh, yeah, we uh, we were in the hospital earlier this week. Um, so just for you know, I mean, it's like literally every other thing. Like you call the doctor, being like, "Why don't you just come in?" So we make sure it's not you know anything. So we've done this song and dance twice now. And He's not due yeah. for a few more weeks, but I anticipate we'll probably be back a time or two before the before the real deal. So yeah, we've had a couple of dress rehearsals so far, but um, you know, yeah, it's uh, life comes at you fast. Um, it's, if it's I got weeks married, today, it could happen anytime now. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I got married a couple of weeks ago too. I mean, it was yeah, and then. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been in school as well since the pandemic. Um, I decided to go back to school and uh, work on a bachelor's degree. Um, I never finished mine uh, initially and, and chose to... I, 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 was, uh, I was an arts major out of high school and, and uh, uh, decided to go into computer science. And I'll be continuing working towards that uh, this fall. I've got my associate's degree, but I'll be going to the University of Washington um, for computer science. And uh, yeah, so kind of a big change. I quit my job um, so that I can go back to school full-time. And I was going to school part-time and working full-time for two years. Um, But now the focus will be on school and then part-time work um, to sort of supplement. And uh, yeah, all of that with, uh, you know, wife and baby and and it's... uh, I'm not sure how I'll find time for Thrones. Uh, I, I picked a very interesting time to get back into it all. But, yep. <laughs> you know, I've seen plenty of other people with wives mm-hmm. and kids and jobs and stuff play Thrones. So if they can do it, so can I, right? You know? It's doable. <laughs> it's doable. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that everybody's doing well. Um, I am excited to talk about some Thrones action. I mean... I'm trying to, I mean, honestly, if I'm completely forthright about why I came back to the game, um, I, I think I partially, due to my wedding, I, uh, I, I saw a handful of um, friends from Thrones at that, and, you know, we, we got together. Alejandro, you were there. Um, we got together yeah. the, the, day, the day before, um, and just, you know got to talking, um, Schoenthal was there and, uh, a few of the locals, 
Benji, um, Zach Dakota, Kyle James, Robert Brown, um, and Angela obviously came with you. Um, you know, we were just talking about, you know, it's just reminiscing, you know, just talking about good old times and, and, and it just, it, it made me realize, I think I had convinced myself that I didn't need thrones um, because thrones to me at least like kind of went away after the after the initial sort of fan run attempt um failed you know i i because i was in i was still in i was still invested at that point um even after the ffg collapse you know or or whatever you want to call it um but then after after the initial fan run um attempt failed i i think i and a lot of other players stepped away from the game um and it was just it coincided with covid and it coincided with a lot of changes in my life and it kind of just made sense to step away yeah, and, and, and that's know, not to say anything of, of all the, th- the all the tension that was in in the in the community absolutely. i mean there was you know right mm-hmm. yeah i know i personally i personally um wasn't involved with the with the the you know organized play um or design but i had friends who were and so seeing them you know so deflated and defeated in the aftermath of all that it really made it hard for me to enjoy where the game was at um and it it made me hard it made it hard for me to envision where the game was going. Um, but, you know, being with, you know, with being with old friends uh, before and at my wedding and, and reminiscing about old times, it made me realize that I was really just, I had really just convinced myself that I didn't want to play Thrones and it wasn't actually true. <laughs> um, I I just realized that there was a, uh, there was a there was a an itch that I I was just ignoring, and um, as soon as I even you know got close to scratching it, I, I I I remembered how it felt, you know how 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 good it felt to think and talk about the game that we all love. So, and then uh, I just I guess I just have the kind of personality where when I get into something, I, I just kind of dive headfirst into it. Um, and so it, it, I mean, it was a matter of days after <laughs> the wedding that I, I was kind of, you know, fully back into thinking about it and playing and talking about it. So how about you guys? I mean, obviously, Groth, you talked about how you took sort of an eight month break, but Alejandro, um, what was that process like for you getting back into things? I've mostly been away too, um, but it, but I did have more connection because um, a couple of the NorCal guys still play. Like Stefan's still, you know, running through CB and um, Harrison, Marcel, Keith. There's a couple, you know, there's a couple guys here who uh, would play every once in a while on Iron Throne and. 
you know, sometimes I'd join them in voice chat. I never, never played, but sometimes I'd sit there and watch and or hardly half watch and just hang out with them. So, um, and we also we met up twice. We met up outside. You know, where where we went like uh, mini golfing one time. That was real fun. Nice. Uh, yeah. So so there's you know there's still been a little bit of connection with with a couple of the guys here. That's um, good to hear. But you know, mostly stepped away from Thrones, and uh, then just a couple of weeks before your wedding, um, they were planning the NorCal regional, um, and they happened to ask in like one of the groups that I was available, or maybe I even joined. Like, I, maybe I happened to join that night. I don't remember exactly how it works, but you know, I was like, if if you do it on this day, I'm available, and uh. It just happened that like everybody else that you know may go to this thing was also available on that day. So uh, then I was signed up for a regional, and at some point I was gonna have to start start figuring out what kind of cardboard I wanted to play. So um, after your wedding, when we're you know talking about potentially getting back into it, it seemed like the perfect time if I was gonna go to a tournament anyways. And you know we just started talking about cards there but um yeah they're... yeah I, having a purpose like you being like i'm going to a regional in two weeks you know or a week or whatever it was yeah that was like all the excuse i needed to be like <laughs> okay <laughs> i got something i have a task you know i'm like a dog who just needs to be told what to do like i just like hyper fixated on this task like you know i wasn't even going to the event but i was like you know there were days that i was like i think i'm more interested in alejandro's regional than he is and that's not a that's not a knock on you i just think that's Mm -hmm. i'm just you know so but um yeah uh i guess we could we could segue this into talking about you know what that preparation looked like. One second, um, I got some, I got something to say on this because I think. Oh it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just just seeing you guys like talk about organically, you guys getting back in, um, and then my run, I you know I just kind of stuck with it after everything. Uh, what you guys discussed, what was going on at the end of uh, what was it, Worlds twenty nineteen? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 Twenty nineteen that happened in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. Right yeah. before, right? Like in right February. Before. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And I couldn't go because um, it was the birth of my um, second son, third kid. So I missed out on that. So I just kind of stuck it through. But um, you guys talking organically, how you guys came in, like organically for me, that kept me going was these just odd online tournaments that kept going by, you know, some of the people we talk about, especially North Cal guys, they've been keeping the America meta going whether they know it or not um but you know you guys talk about you know basically after that summer of those tournaments then you know kind of took a break and then they went into the whole making you know the redesigns and then we started off with you know i think was it um here are my words maybe or trying to think of uh what was it for no forgotten heroes was the first pack coming out 
And then next thing you know, you got this American, you know, ballot nations happens. And then recently eight uh, West Coast regions and you got these new people coming from Scandinavia and Germany and all this other places. So it's just really cool to for me to just get those little like little jumps and objections. So that's kind of organically what came me, uh, kept me going. But like what you guys are talking about, where. You know, because I think there's so many excuses starting to come now. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we could we could approach this people from for the that. perspective of, you know, maybe somebody is listening to this, hasn't gotten back into Thrones yet or at all. Um, so maybe they don't have any context for where the game is at right now. So maybe we could, you know, we could use this time to kind of, I guess, you know, explain what what's going on. You know, I mean, um, in 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 our absence, at least Alejandro and I's, I mean, um, this new, not not so new anymore, but new to us um, organization, um, uh, the GOT, right? Is that's what they're called? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, they've they've designed and released, um, I think five uh, expansion packs as well. Um, they have redesigned sixty cards from previous sets, um, and that has been their way of, uh, you know, addressing issues within the game. Um, you know, instead of having an extremely bloated. Uh, Restricted list and pod, and pod list, which is a little bit of a change from the FFG, uh, you know, restricted list. Um, they chose to redesign 60 cards and sort of move forward from that place. You know, a lot of cards where it would have made sense for there to be some sort of limitation on the card or a minor change. Some of them are more major than others. In fact, some of the cards are completely different. I would say that was really only a handful of cards that were just com are completely different cards now. For the most part, you know, it's a, either a change of a word or there's a limit to the ability where there used to be none or there's more of a limitation where there used to be a minor limitation. Um, but yeah, that's sort of, you know, where the game is at now. Um, I don't know the exact number of cards that have been released since uh, we last had a Zero Reserve episode. But I, I think it's five uh, expansion packs, ranging from two to five cards uh, per faction in each. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely think that a lot of people might just be waiting for you know a good reason to come back to the game. And some people might need more convincing, and that's totally fine. And and I. I think that that's the important thing is you keep saying, you keep using the word organically, Graf. And I do think that's what's important is that, you know, people are going to come back if they want to, you know, and if they're given a good reason to. I didn't need a really compelling reason, it turns out. Um, I just needed uh, to talk to people who exactly. I hadn't talked to in a long time and sort of have that feeling again, that sort of like in, uh, intangible feeling that playing and talking about thrones gives me absolutely um, to to want to to 
experience that again to sort of like chase that high almost um so yeah um i mean i don't know if we want to dive deeper into sort of what's gone on like in the last three years but i'd love to like maybe examine the state of the game right now if you guys are down to do that i didn't get that um you know connection and like you said with that personality just dying and thrones was that for me and i think it was for a lot of people and to use you know the ct quote from george r, r. martin that he kind of gave us for this episode you know old stories are like old friends you just have to visit them from time to time and that's all it sometimes takes right you guys you guys visit each other for alex's wedding was the catalyst and and here we are yeah shouts to ct who is not on this episode but was kind enough um to provide us with an outline which is kind of ironic um (laughs) but uh yeah let's let's jump let's jump into talking about um where the game is at right now i mean i i I think literally the first thing the first like actual conversation that was had about the current state of thrones was alejandro you said that you thought the new Casterly Rock was was a potentially powerful card? Is that am I misrepresenting that conversation? That sounds right. I think I look. I opened up the card list and saw that there was a ton of locations that cost five. I was like, this is probably where I want to start. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> so. You know, then I'm looking at this card and I'm saying like, okay, how do we how do we make a card that sensibly creates three gold a turn and you know has sort of other tertiary abilities? Like, how do we best like abuse this card? Like, I'm thinking very like micro level, right? I'm just like examining the card and I'm thinking like, how do we make this card? How do we how do we elevate this card to its you know? highest point and i'm thinking you know you know it's going to take at least two turns to recoup your investment and a a card like that probably suits itself best in um in a deck that wants to go long so that you're you're gaining a larger you know the, the amount of resources gained uh is is greater over a longer period of time so i'm thinking control so then we're thinking about all the ways that we can abuse you know having extra gold on cards ash mark and bestow cards and all this stuff yeah and cast uh, watch just you know for those at home that haven't looked at the cards puts a gold on three cards and then if it's standing you can spend gold from lannister cards as if they're in your gold pool i think that's the text about the text yeah and i um, i do this every time i like see a card and i read like one line of the entire card and i get hyper fixated <laughs> on that part and then like two days later after i've like designed decks and shit i like read the rest of the card <laughs> and then i'm like oh this isn't gonna work at all like you know, I think when you first I first read the card, I was assuming like, oh, you can you you can activate it and you can use the gold like right away, you know. Right. And uh, <laughs> that is definitely a problem with my like evaluating of things. I have sort of a delayed like understanding usually of of a card, especially if there are like multiple components to it. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it didn't take long before you, you, you had to sort of put the brakes on things, you know, Alejandro. And, and you, you said, you said like, you know, okay, like we're going in one direction here. We're like trying to design a control deck, but we know nothing about the format and, and really you can't make a good control deck unless you know what you're trying to control. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was, you know, it was funny because that's exactly what happened, right? We just kind of looked at one card and then, uh, and then we dove down this road for a couple of days and we're like, wait, hold on. Let's zoom out a little bit. Let's, let's, let's take a step back here. Right. I mean, it's like, it's one thing to try to design a deck in this like perfect vacuum, but, you know, without context, we were we were designing a deck without context. It just didn't make much sense. But at that point, it's like, okay, so if I'm going to zoom out, that's going to require me to absorb and process like all this new information, you know, all five expansion packs, all 60 redesigns, and that's going to take time, right? I can't do all of that at once. So I sort of set out to try and understand as best I could sort of the state of the game going from faction to faction and also just thinking generally like I don't know if if the the greater thrones community feels this way but for me since it's a new format I I and and I think Groff correct me if I'm wrong but the recent the brand the builder pack release was like fairly recent right yes it's fairly recent i mean we are on uh as high as honor now um and we're probably about maybe a month to almost two months in on that i, I think we're probably a little over a month actually but brain the builder was maybe when you guys start talking about that in the chat just to give context um and this is that like again after your wedding alex and then uh we'll get to the excuse of why you guys came back for Alejandro's regional in a bit, but you guys were talking about that card and Brain the Builder maybe been out like maybe three or four weeks. But this is only this is only like three weeks ago that we were having these conversations. I don't yeah. I don't know when exactly Brain the Builder was, but I think yeah, our conversations have been pretty recent. Very recent right. conversations and Brain the Builder barely has been out maybe a month that you guys started. Okay, okay. Talking about. Yeah, and I mean like official not release, I mean, of, yeah, not a ton of tournaments between then and now um, necessarily, and we're in no. regional season. Um, I know there were some there were some adjustments to the restricted lists um, post Worlds, which I believe was in the summer at some point, um, and Greyjoy won that, and so there were some adjustments to sort of bring Greyjoy down a level. It just felt like the meta was still relatively fresh and unsolved. Um, yeah. And, and so we, we kind of approached, we approached, you know, preparing for Alejandro's regional in that way, you know, um, I mean, and, exactly. and we, what's that? If I may interject, if, uh, I may interject real yeah, quick. Just, just to show yeah. that you guys, you guys haven't lost anything. Uh, recently, uh, rack on line, the, just for people who, may not know there's most of the online stuff is they got friendly open in the discord that's what's been keeping a lot of online going he just recently won with lancer free companies 
their kind of overall tournament. So you guys were right. rock because that's what was a the driving engine. Oh, cool. <laughs> Nice. So you guys yeah. picked the right card to start the conversation to come back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure we were really going in the same direction. But <laughs> Probably yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was pretty, pretty cool coincidence. There's though. a difference between recognizing a card as powerful and yeah. actually executing on them. I did, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, good for them. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we just, I don't know. I mean, the first thing I did was kind of say, all right, well, what decks from the last time I was playing Thrones might still be largely intact, you know, and, and, and unaffected by these redesigns and, or these new pod restrictions or the new restricted list, etc. Um, so, you know, I tried, I, tr- I looked at, um, you know, like st- start crossing, Greyjoy crossing, various crossing decks. I'm thinking fresh format, let's go fast, you know. People are going to try to be doing sort of dirtily stuff, playing with cool five-cost locations. The game might be relatively slow, um, and so just try to win quick. Um, And uh, we'll circle back to it, but definitely I found in that process that Barrico Horse still seemed like a very good deck and in fact I saw a few Jousting Pavilion results where Cohor Barricohor um won. So that was promising. Um and really other than um I, uh, an adjustment to to Solis uh Brathian uh uh, whereas you, you used to have a constant reduction in ruler attachments, now it's one per phase or per round reduction. Um, the deck was largely untouched um, outside of some of some of the plots, but the plots are more of a universal. Um, you know, they, they 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 affect decks universally more so. Uh, yeah. But as far as like actually in faction cards, not a ton of changes. So. Seems like if you want to go yeah. fast, Barracor might be a great option. Um, another deck that stood out to me, and this one was was a kind of again based on well, what are the most powerful cards that they just released in this new pack? Um, I don't know if you guys agree, but I definitely think Castle Black's probably the strongest stronghold, um, and. Uh, and the deck that that card fits in the best is probably, you know, um, a deck that plays, you know, really powerful characters because it, it, it you know, stands them as well as... Um, and it just seemed like uh, Aloof uh, was floating around in various mid-range decks, whether it be Greyjoy or Stark or Night's Watch or Tyrell. Um and I've seen, I, I, again, you know, just going back to, to Jasking Pavilion and seeing what players who have been playing a lot more than me are doing, and I'm seeing a lot of Night's Watch Aloof uh, doing well. So, you know, looked at that deck. Um, definitely don't think we necessarily have the greatest build, but, I mean, the deck seemed really solid when, when we played some games with it, and uh, Castle Black definitely seemed to fit in that deck, as well as 
Castle Black, um, the 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 plot, Brand the Builder, uh, seemed to fit pretty well into that general sort of like core wall defensive strategy, which could now also play these big, great, impressive characters for cheap. Um, yeah, and so there was a plot too that for both, you know, because you're hitting Castle Black and of course Great Ranging working in with that and sort of realm helps both army and stronghold. So Night's Watch is just like inherently built for this. And I agree with what you said, but Castle Black is probably the strongest five five drop. Yeah, that's that's one of the inefficiencies I remember like just basically my whole Thrones career figuring like I just don't play enough money in plots. Like I I, I like plots that do cool things way too much probably. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. and so like all, all the all the decks I want to play now I want to figure out like how I play big money plots or at least a couple right that um and this for the realm plot it's like eight gold right no downside seems seems pretty yeah. good in a deck yeah. that can consistently uh use the discount there yeah yeah I that great range has great traits just to use that uh pun there um and you have a plot that's going to hit both you know, an right. army you want to play and a stronghold you want to play. I mean, what? Where's the downside in a in a faction like in that? Mul- multiples, right? You you're probably yep. playing plenty of armies in this deck. You're playing playing both of the big strongholds at a, yep. at a yeah. I can think of at least the the reserve army and the great ranging, and I'm sure there's probably another one I'm not thinking of. Yeah, well, what was the their four drop five power the Four card too, which is, I don't know if they're Great ranging. Party, ranging. Yeah. Is it ranging? Is ranging yeah. party an army as well as a ranger? Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah pretty that sure makes it pretty an army. Makes it pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Yeah, they, that makes they it are pretty very easy. Far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got at least twelve uh, cards you can use the full reduction on. So, um, which makes them yeah, yeah no, which I makes mean, them ubiquitous to use it. So, yeah. Right. Plus, you've got the addition. Um, the new Samwell card, which I mean, I've only played a couple games with Nine Swatch Aloof. I'm not 100% certain the card is great, but it seems like it is strong. Um, I guess I don't know, Alejandro. You played a couple games with Nine Swatch Aloof. What do you? How do you feel about the new Samwell? Uh, seems okay. Seems pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're our podcast name is Zero Reserve, but like half the cards they printed in Nine Swatch have. Reserve boosts on them, right? Yeah, definitely. They're definitely leaning into that. Um, they're definitely leaning into that uh, that theme for for uh, for Night's Watch. Yeah, so. I mean, he's he's a copy of like you know Tyrell uh, Brienne. You know, they she went off a of strength. He's going right. off a of reserve. You know, right? Right. I guess that is true. Yeah, there's some similarities there. I wonder if that foretells uh, some 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 future design choices. Maybe they'll make a similar yeah, character in in every faction. I think it would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like symmetry, so I, I'm down for that. Um, yeah. yeah, and then um, uh, I just played against a, a Drown God deck online a couple times, and and it just seemed like again with the format being kind of I mean, the format seems slow. I don't necessarily think that it should be slow, 
But from what I was seeing played and what I was seeing do well, it seemed like a passive power deck could um, be good. Also, again, one of those decks that wasn't super heavily hit by the uh, the changes. I mean, the ma- the biggest the biggest change, honestly, is um, that the disciples are max two per round now, so you can't just have two out and gaining four power a phase, or max two per phase, I'm sorry, instead of limit two. So it's a little slower, but really in practice, it's still quite fast. Um, and I think there was a slight adjustment to Drown God Fanatic. Yeah. Um, you can only use it once now, I think, per, per round. The, 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 the resurrection clause or what have you. Uh, he also discards instead of like does does discard which is true but in drown god you usually have ribs in play or hope you do yeah so um you know the deck might not actually be as good as i thought i i didn't get to play with it enough but in in my head it seems like it's positioned well i I um, think in the format i think you it is just on the fact that you know and you use koho or alex first as an example, um, what I'm seeing now is, uh, I mean, it's always been there to intimidate. I mean, everyone remembers Bob in the beginning with the core, how rough he was to deal with. I think we're at that point where what's making the game fast is intimidate. Sure. Yeah. Well, just the 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 speed at which the deck you know gains power. Obviously, Bob is you know, really strong, and Bob plus. Uh, um, Azor High Reborn is yeah. just a very potent combination. Um, so Drown God doesn't really care, right? So I think it, it is a nice counter to it. Okay, intimidate me, but I'm still making power off other other means. Yeah, I think I think Cohort is probably too fast for Drown God. Um, I think Drown God probably takes advantage of just the mid range decks. Um, yeah, you know. Because if your game plan is to win by just making challenges on turn four or five, um, or even later than that, Drowned God engine should theoretically be up and running at that point. Um, right. So. Plus, depending on what what banner or agenda you play, you know you might be you know you're probably going to be trying to slow them down as much as possible. Um, so maybe in that regard, like if you're playing a sun a, a sun banner and you're stripping all of you know, like shipping bears, icons, or you're like, re- you know, removing characters from challenges or, you know, uh, secret packs and stuff like that. But um, definitely didn't firmly feel like I had a grasp for the best agenda for Drown God um, at the moment. But um, yeah, seems like there could be something there. Um but yeah, I mean, there's also the Mummers deck um, that Martin Lewis played, I think, won a regional with. Uh, you know, that deck seems pretty strong. Um, I, I hear drawing cards is good, and you draw, <laughs> like, one card per fool you have in play with that deck um, every turn. And it also makes all your guys bigger. And you have a bunch of pretty obnoxious, um, you know, like just you know, just like with the with the Targ Sea Blood deck from Worlds, I mean, you know, anytime you're cheating 
on Econ, you know, and making some sort of big tempo play, putting a character into play for less than they cost. And then, it, you know, it, it's potentially pretty swingy. So, like, all the mercenary stuff with Tyrion and the event that they printed, um, Golden Company or Gold Company or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it just seems like a pretty a pretty powerful deck uh, as well. And uh, I would say definitely something to, to be considering when preparing for an event. Um, but, yeah, Alejandro, why don't you talk a little bit about, like, I guess where your headspace was at leading up to your regional in terms of the meta and what you expected to see. Yeah, I think before before we got together and started talking this, I was probably just gonna build some target deck and 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 uh go go have fun with that. And then uh once we started talking um I, 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 you know, I, we had these conversations together, right? We decide, you know, and fa- fast sounds good to me. Um, once, once you kind of pointed out Barakohor, that was, that, that was pretty easy to make my decision after that. Like, I felt right. Well, there's a familiarity with the deck, right? Because it was a deck you had been strongly considering for Worlds in 2020. Um, yeah, that's. I thought I was going to play that at that 2019 Worlds. You know, where we uh, before the uh, before the the test house, man, that was a good time. Um, and I won the the last time there was a NorCal regional. I won it with Barrett Cohort, so it felt felt like why not? Let's do that again. Yeah, old faithful. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a, I mean, there's a benefit to, especially when you're coming into a tournament after like a long hiatus, like just like a muscle memory thing <laughs> with a deck, you know. I'm sure you probably benefited from just that familiarity with with uh, with Barracohor. I mean, um, obviously, you played Barracohor at the regional. Um, I guess do you want to talk a little bit about how the regional went, and I guess if you like could go back, if you do anything differently. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a it was a great time. I mean, gosh, it's you know, it's it's so nice when your your meta is like awesome, right? Like it was great to see everybody and uh there was eight of us that showed up. Um one of my buddies who Shelby, uh him and I started playing thrones years and years ago. So he got he got me into thrones. Um uh, and he had just finished like his pilot school, so he was looking to celebrate. I told him I was going to a regional, and he's like, "Oh, can I come?" And so Shelby, Shelby went with me, which is real cool. Like, you know, good old days. Um, drove out to San Francisco. Um, great, great. Like, the deck was awesome. Um, I don't know exactly how much I want to talk, but sorry. Um. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time. That's that's what I got. <laughs> right yeah, I mean, what did you... Are you are you not wanting to talk about um, sort of your result or the deck you played in the final? No, no, no. No, not at all. No. Um, yeah, if I had to do anything again... Sorry, let me, let me, let me finish that thought. I, no, I would... I would oh, yeah. I'd probably, probably play the exact same... 
I'd probably, you know, if I was going to play another tournament, I'd probably play that deck again. Um, there, there was definitely, you know, some rust in there for sure. Like the cohort deck has, you know, a pretty good amount of decisions with the cohort. Um, and, and I definitely, you know, didn't always make those decisions correctly. So, but right. it was, it was a blast. I don't, you know. And you uh, played against yeah. uh, a Martel cohort, Martel cohort deck in the final, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I played against Stefan and then Shelby. Um, then I I should have the tournament up. Sorry, let me. Uh, oh, and then I played against Marcel, uh, in the Swiss final. Um, and then I played a mirror match in the in the top four game, uh, against Keith playing Bear Cohort, and I'm not exactly sure how I won that game. Um, I didn't see a king until super late, but. And Were there the any notable differences between the co- two Barrico or decks? Not really, actually. He uh, he was super interested in looking at my list just to see how how far apart we ended up, and we had the exact same plot line. And oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of wild. Yeah, that was wild. Um, and you know, it, it's it's pretty close. I think we had like a sweet sleep in the deck, and he didn't or something like. I was going to ask you about the sweet sleep. Would you play the sweet sleep again? Yes, and okay. I think, I I think it wasn't quite in my memory bank enough because there there was definitely a time or two where that sweet sleep would have been good. Yeah, um, it's definitely it's a money. Yeah, that's card. kind of wild. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, your opponent Keith was playing Mad King's Command too, though. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. How how did that plot play for you on on the day? Um, so my first couple of games were over pretty fast, like um, as Derrico horrors want to do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, like just sometimes just rolls people, right? Like if you get mm-hmm. uh, and there's there's so there's so much like tempo efficiency in the deck where. And challenges like you're standing, and so you get multiple intimidates, and you know, oftentimes you pass your challenges after being first player, and your opponent this board has been knelt out, so they also pass challenges. Uh, <laughs> intimidate. Um, God, I cannot tell you how many times online I'm playing, and I like horror away my Azora High Reborn, and then I'm like, why didn't, why didn't, why did I not get renowned? Why did I not intimidate? I'm like, oh, because I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah, the character's the no way. longer in the fucking challenge. Mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. So hopefully you play games better than I did. <clears throat> but yeah, I didn't, I didn't mess that up. But that's good. <laughs> now yeah. you had enough experience with the deck to know better. Yeah. Than yeah. <laughs> so then in the final, you you played against uh, Martel Cohort and. It sounds like that wasn't a great matchup to begin with, and you you won the first game in the Swiss. I have a feeling your opponent probably benefited from knowing a lot about your deck going into that game. Would you agree with that statement? Um, I'm 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 not sure that the cohort deck is that original. Um, sure, but I mean, like your plot line, knowing yeah, like probably plot. most of what your plots to expect. 
obviously like we're not thinking that out of the box with Barako horror, but like even though your other Barako horror opponent had the exact same plot line, I still I mean, at least in my head, I'm like, you could you could have played one of probably fifteen plots or twenty plots. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um I think I think I played I played the I played the final game pretty sloppy. I don't, you know, I don't super love uh, <laughs> breaking these down after the fact. It's I feel like I don't give my opponent or you know, I don't want to not give my opponent enough credit, but I definitely no, like absolutely like, all the credit in the world to your opponent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like you know, I think it was it was sloppy. I I like where you know, in the game a card or two will swing it, and I think I might have missed like two Stannis triggers to draw a card, right? Like, which is pretty big. Um, sure, yeah. And I and I definitely did not give the deck enough respect on how much it could attrition my board, which Barracohor uh-huh. does not do well against attrition. And in the first game, I had a, an incredible start, and he had a like VD on turn two, which then let me just dump out everything. And in the yeah. in the final game, I didn't quite have that fast a start, and I underestimated his ability to whittle my board down and not have to VD right away. And so I got slowed down. And in my first game, I saw a dupe on... I don't even know what this plot is, but there's a plot now where after Dominance, they can pick two unique characters and return them to hand, which is really bad for that deck. So <laughs> when, when they can just spot remove your king... And in the first game, I drew a dupe on on that turn that he played that card for my Stannis. So, the father. Right. The and it it lets them choose. They have to choose one unique they control and one unique you control, right? Yeah. yeah not yeah, over yeah, six costs or higher. Yeah. yeah. It has to be six costs or higher? Not army. No. No. So, like, they can choose, like, their two costs unique, and they can choose your king, Right. Um, I believe it's the father. The plot is the father. Yeah. Uh, so I believe for them, yeah, when Dominus Phase Zanes, choose a unique non-army character. Just, yeah, unique non-army. Yeah, choose a non-unique army yeah. character, or a unique non-army character controlled by each player. The so there's no limitation on, um, yeah. you know, cost. cost yeah. So. Especially, I imagine Martel Cohort is probably playing like a lot well, of the small, unique characters. Yeah, that's um, a, yeah. I mean, um, and even like some of them are have interest play abilities that you can. So that's really good for like a buyback effect. Right, oh, right. Hota yeah. or you know, I don't know. There are probably or, some or others. his, his red viper with, the, with but the, um, the, yeah, the I could see how that would be a problematic, uh, problematic plot for for yeah, uh, for yeah. the rest of. Uh, yeah. Well, there goes Alex. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a hunting accident on the Red Viper, which he happily, you know, didn't save the Red Viper, returned in hand, and off goes the hunting accident. Yeah, exactly. There's Sorry a... about that, guys. I think I dropped out for a second. Yeah. No problem. I, on that turn, what? I also played myself. I um. Uh. I could I on that turn I drew up a Bobby and I had played uh, the King of the North so I couldn't reduce to play, to play pay for him like, and I was like one or two yeah. power away from winning and I couldn't marshal him and I had I had yeah, like, I was King drawing completely is, dead. King of the North is one of those plots that I'm not sold on Barakoa right now. I mean I'm not sold on the plot 
in general, it's just like, it's one of the few ways for you to completely like shut down your opponent, but it also half hinders you too. And I just, I'm not sure. I mean, would, would you, would you keep that plot in the line? You think if you were to play the tournament over? That's a good question. Um, I feel like the biggest question marks, you know, in the, I mean, if you're okay divulging more of the plot line, yeah, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like, mean, super yeah. original, <laughs> but like, you know, the biggest question marks I think were the King in the North and the barring the gates, you know, because they're kind of situational, um, you know, the King in the North is a little bit more of a catch all, but also, yeah, like it adversely affects you. You can't use your dragon or dragons, uh, you know, your, you can't use your zero cost reducing locations. You can't use your King's roads, your great hall, you know, you can't use, um, I think there, you know, are some attachments that you can't use either, that it t- shuts off, right? Cause yeah, it's everything I don't that think, doesn't have a king yeah, or queen think, trait. All, all the attachments. I don't think, all the, yeah, so like, you, it turns Lightbringer off, yeah. um, which is an annoying, um, like at least the all stand. The ones, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 all the yeah, non yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't play in the tournament, but I could see that car, that plot being changed in the future. So, yeah, yeah for all, cool. Did you deck probably wants more money? Wants more money? Yep. Yeah, more money. Enough. Yeah, I yep. mean, yeah, that's uh, even with two loan, the deck wants more money. I mean, I, I get it. It also really uh, hurts not having you in a you die because mm-hmm. it's very prone to like dumping out its hand and then. Like kind of looking around, not knowing what it, what else to do. Yeah, like if the, well, if the, if the board's not good enough to win it, then yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm not sure how to solve that problem. To be frank, <laughs> it, it might it might um, you know, you might we might want to go from Rose Roads to the the gates. Yeah, yeah. I really These don't gates. like the Rose Roads. That could be. I mean, I, the, my initial build had. Gates over Rose Roads just just because yeah you run out of gas so quickly, um, so yeah maybe it wants to go back to Gates that could be it's just your setups take a big hit yeah um, and and you never want to pay that gold for 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 future money like you 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 really it's really hard you're not to paying pay it for it. money you're not paying it for money in right the that's, right, you're that's just fair. paying it for the cards which that's is okay fair, I mean trading yeah, one true. gold for two cards like like a lot of times in like the mid game turn three turn four turn five if you are still around if the game's still happening at that point you're fine trading one gold to draw two cards the same turn i think most times yeah no absolutely absolutely yeah that's a good point yeah yeah there's there's definitely definitely adjustments we can make yeah but the decks you know it i had i had a blast playing you know i the deck was a lot of fun tons of fun seeing seeing opponents we all went to the bar and hung out for hours afterwards it was awesome hell yes that's awesome yeah pictures on three well um yeah and i mean uh i know groth you've got you you mentioned you've got um a regional coming up here in a couple weeks in missouri um and uh we'll probably be diving diving into into that preparation just like we did for alejandro so um excited uh, and looking forward to that uh alex did you have any sort of closing thoughts on the on the the norcal regional before we kind of move on no it was great you know um 
looking forward to the next tournament, you know, maybe we, it sounds like nationals hasn't quite been decided or what's going on there, I guess. Vegas, but, um, Vegas, um, Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. Uh, a Vegas Nationals would be something. I mean, I'm biased, you know. I, it's <laughs> West Coast National. That would be. I don't even know if I could go, frankly, with having a kid. But <laughs> it's, I'm sure people would enjoy Vegas if it happened there. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah speaking of um, speaking of upcoming events. Um, yeah, the whole getting back into Thrones, you know, has really, it, it, it's uh, it's been a bit of a perspective shift for me. I think previously um, Thrones was definitely in a healthier place in my region um, when I started playing in 2016. Um, the game was was brand new and it had a, it had, you know, it had a pretty good um, onset of players here in the Pacific Northwest. I think one of the first tournaments, I wasn't in attendance, but one of the first tournaments here was like 40 people, um, which is obviously quite large for just like a regular, I don't even know if it was a store champ. I don't think it was even a store championship. It was just like a, Hey, here's this game. Let's have a tournament situation. And, you know, not that many people stuck around, but the, the scene was pretty consistently, you know, between like 10 and 20, 25 people for the first few years. And, and I, I came into it as an outsider. I wasn't much of a 1.0 player or stalwart. I didn't really know other people in the community. Um, I was just coming into it as someone who enjoyed the mechanics of the game and was interested in you know, finding out what the competitive scene had to offer in, in my area to start. Yeah. Um, and, for, con uh, for context, though, that was pretty normal, though, right? I mean, that was... I mean, I started playing in Europe. Absolutely, yeah. So it was definitely... I think so, yeah. It's that starter of, oh, there's 40 or 50 people for store chain, you know, or regional or whatever. And then, of course, like you said, you know, the people who are going to stick around are stick around with the game with it. In the year, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was it was a bunch of people. It was the FFG. It was the FFG LCG syndrome, kind of, where it was like brand new, brand yep. new FFG game. It's going to kind of cannibalize on all the previous FFG uh, card games. What was it, Cthulhu? Um, and then there was there. Well, there was Conquest. There Conquest. was yeah. There was Netrunner, which I mean, yeah. I don't think it siphoned. I ultimately yeah. don't think it siphoned that many people away from Netrunner, but there was some overlap. You know, there were people who liked Netrunner and who were willing to give Thrones a shot, who maybe weren't shot. one yeah. one point players. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I guess my point is that um, the meta and the community, regionally speaking, was was healthy, and it, it didn't. It didn't need me as, um, you know, like as an event runner or organizer or any of this kind of stuff. I was just a guy trying to, you know, <laughs> play fun decks and do well in tournaments, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, even that took a while. I, I, at first, I just wanted to have fun and I just wanted to meet people. And, you know, coming back to the game now, 
you know, I I hadn't mentioned this previously, but one of the one of the local um, stalwarts and you know event runners, Benji, uh, he, he runs a yearly melee event at his house um, called the Doom of Bulgaria. It's just a cookout where <laughs> nice. we play where we play melee, and uh, that was held earlier this year. Even though Benji has since moved or has previously to the event moved to Spokane, which for those of you who aren't geographically familiar with the region, it's about five hours away from Seattle. He came back. He drove back to Seattle, and we had the event at someone else's house. Um, and that was actually the first time I had played Thrones at all, like touched a Thrones card since worlds um i had to borrow a deck i couldn't find my collection it was in storage and so that was like that was like the taste you know before the conversations at my wedding and all that kind of stuff where like the pyre was kind of ignited i guess if you want to call it that but um so yeah i mean after helping alejandro prepare for this regional after getting excited about Thrones again, you know, I kind of looked around and I said, well, Benji's moved to Spokane and all these people who, all these organizers, you know, all these players from this area, they're not actively, you know, holding events, running tournaments, hosting weekly get togethers and all this stuff. And, and so I, I thought, you know, maybe it's, maybe, it's time that I take on a different role, you know, in the community. Um, and I, I have, I have, I'm, I'm making slowly attempts at trying to, to, you know, sort of, um, reconstitute the, the, the scene in the Pacific Northwest, or at least in the Seattle Metro area. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I I put a feeler post out on our Facebook page, and I got a lot of good feedback and a lot of good, um, you know, a lot of good, uh, um, just like, I guess, uh, I don't know. Yeah, feedback, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. But, um, and I'm just, you know, I'm thinking like, what's a good way to sort of, what's a low stakes way to get people back to the table. Um, you know, players from old, because I, I don't, I want to attract new players, of course, too. But I think you can't really do that until you have events that are happening where new players can show up, you know. Agreed. Um, yeah. And and so my thought was, you know, well, people, if people are like me, they don't have all the new stuff, you know, they have, if they haven't been playing. And, you know, maybe there's probably a couple people in Seattle who do, who maybe don't. Uh, who maybe aren't on Facebook or or what have you? You know, I'm always surprised to find people. But um, I thought that um, I would host uh, a cube event um, in in the next few weeks, uh, and I, I reached out to a bunch of people in the area, and I got a ton of positive responses. People saying, you know, yeah, I've absolutely, you know, I've been I've been wanting to play Thrones again, and. I'd love to come and play in a cube event and, you know, and I'm hoping that out of that, you know, spawns a more regular uh, thing in my area. Um, And I'd, I'd love to facilitate that in whatever way possible, you know? And um, 
so that kind of just leads me to my to this topic of of talking about uh you know we we can we can look at it in the larger scope of sort of um cultivating a local scene but also i wanted to talk specifically about uh cube drafting and the idea of cube because i don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with cube um and it's kind of a concept from other card games but it can be applied really to any card game so yeah what is your guys's familiarity with cubes have you ever cubed before um and and we'll kind of explain what a cube is i guess but uh Groff, how about you take that one first? Yeah, um first experiences was Star Wars CCG and then of course Magic is known for it. Um and this is definitely something that was during the the dark Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon really that was all the selection. Um <laughs> Chris Chris Thompson and a couple of the indie folks when I was you know, still living in the Indianapolis area. Um, that's what we did Friday, Saturday night. We do board games and cubes to just, you know, like you said, just get that itch out to, you know, play some cardboard. And yeah, the idea of the cube is, you know, just taking um, kind of the whole, you know, pool of cards that are out there and mixing it up. And for Thrones, it would be basically melee, right? That kind of version of it. Um, well, not necessarily. Um, I guess you yeah, could. Fair, yeah, it's just yeah, like... I, I think... It's a multiplayer dimension, I guess. With yeah, the, it is a way yeah. to play the game with multiple people, right? It's yeah. a way to... So, you know, I'm Instead not sure how many one. people... Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how many people played the old um, draft set for two, for second edition, but it's a, it's a form of... of uh, it's a draft. It's a form of Thrones where you draft a deck from a uh, you know a predetermined a lot like allotment of cards, um, and so there's strategy involved in the drafting process. You know, you're trying to build a deck for synergy. You're trying to build a deck for you know obviously having like depending on what the rules of the cube are. You know, having cards within your faction or whatever. And then you're playing games one on one with other people who I'm also just saying, drafted from the same. With the, the Thrones, that um, the melee format really lends itself easily, sure. I guess, to it. Um, um, to cube yeah, and Thrones. Do you have any experience with cube? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember it, and I think I have never cubed it. Oh, Alex is, uh, uh, wait! Can you hear me? He's typing in chat. I lost him. No, I was just uh, oh, I, I was just uh, making right. sure there wasn't a delay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Alejandro, you don't think you've ever cubed before? No, I think I've, I think I've never cubed before. Um, I like I'm very familiar with the format. I've watched uh, not not a whole lot, but. I guess I, I I mostly see it right. Like there was one time um, after like a, a regional down in San Diego, they there's a there's a CCG cube, probably show and thaw, but I don't I don't actually know who, but um I had a I wasn't after the tournament I had to drive up and back, so I I didn't I didn't cube then, and I think I've, I think I've never cubed. I've drafted a couple of times, but 
I don't think I've ever cubed in any game, but I but I do know um, what it is, and I'd cube if uh, somebody set it up. Shoot. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a it's a repeatable draft format, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of times in draft formats, you have to buy product, you have to open the product, and then you draft it, and then you play it. And cube is like this repeatable variant of that, where all you have to do is shuffle up and dole out, you know however many cards per pack and then you know you do the drafting you do the playing so it's it's a nice thing to invest in um and especially um like i said for players who don't like you know it would be hard for me to say oh let's have a joust event when a lot of the people i expect to come and play myself included don't have the new cards yet um or don't have a familiarity with the format or anything like that Mm -hmm. so um i thought cube would be a really cool way to sort of sort of a, 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 you know, a reintegration sort of, so to speak, or a reintroduction into, into the state of things, you know, and uh, hopefully I'll have my new cards uh, by the time these, the, this event happens and I can sneak some cool cards into the cube and people will get some, some exposure to that. But um, yeah, so, you know, cube, I think it varies. You can cube, I think, with as few, you know as many people as you want, as many people as the cube will allow. Most cubes, the cube I'm designing, uh, is designed for eight eight people. Um, but uh, I wanted to kind of get you guys' thoughts on on some things. I'm kind of kind of use you guys as guinea pigs, if that's okay. <laughs> um, in, in talking talking about like you know my my vision for my cube. Um, well, in fact, I have two visions. Uh, the first, I have always, some might know this, I've always had an affinity for the Valyrian draft uh, packs or the Valyrian draft set from second edition. I don't know why. I really can't tell you why. I know that I love drafting. I love limited. It goes back to my, my time playing Magic. And um, I just really glommed on to the draft format in Thrones whenever there was a draft happening as a side event at Worlds or any, you know, or Thrones War or whatever. I I, I would for sure be interested in, in getting in playing if I could. Um, and I I like I was kind of a, a, a haphazard collector of, of the draft cards. Um I like to play them in joust, you know, in place of the the much nicer printed cards, if I could, because I'm weird. But my first vision for a cube was just um, using that set. So basically having like a repeatable form of the Valyrian draft uh, experience. Um, um, I don't know if anybody's done this, but uh, you know, if you have, and you have like a cube already built and you have feelings or thoughts about the Valyrian draft cube, definitely hit me up on Facebook. Um, You know, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on it, but right now my vision for it is designed for eight players um, using all of the rule, same rules as the Valyrian draft. So 40 card decks, you get to choose from four predetermined agendas that are that were designed specifically for Valyrian draft, and um, the cube itself will consist of one of every rare because there were there were rarities to the cards in in draft. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, yep. Yep. But um, yeah, so the cube would consist of one of every rare, 
two of every uncommon and three of every common. So there's no perfect way to emulate the, the Valyrian draft experience other than to open the Valyrian draft packs. You know, technically speaking, you could, like, everybody could open a put to the sword. Even though it's highly unlikely, it's still possible. And there's no way to really emulate that randomness in a cube, but you can get pretty close, you know. Um, so by doing that, I still feel like the strategies um, are largely similar. You know, the agendas are the same. Um, so that was my first vision for a cube. And I think that would be super fun. Turns out, don't know what I did with most of my draft, Valyrian draft cards. Um, <laughs> I, I put all my stuff in, I put like my whole life in storage like a year ago. And I went looking through it and, and found my Thrones cards and sadly like didn't find any of the draft cards. Um, was really dejected and thought I had gotten rid of everything. And then the last place I looked, I know Alejandro, you were talking about how this happened to you too. The last place I looked had some, but not all. It basically had a stack of rares. I had saved all of my rare, rare draft cards and some miscellaneous others, but it seems like I had not kept the rest of them. So this, uh, vision I had for this Valyrian draft cube. Um, it, it was seeming like it wasn't going to be able to manifest. Um, and, and so I started thinking about, you know, well, what would I do in its place? And that's how I got to this, this, um, you know, second edition cube where I'm just using cards from second edition. Um, and it would be a more traditional cube, uh, a singleton where there's only one copy of any card in the cube. So you're not going to see any repeat cards. Um, and uh, it's kind of like the Valyrian draft. I thought, well, you know, you have this problem with agendas. I mean, obviously agendas are a huge part of Thrones, right? I mean, they really inform how we design and build decks, right? I mean, largely the agenda and the faction are the two biggest players in those decisions. Decisions. Yep. Um, so that was the first thing I wanted to address. And my thought was, I will do what the designers did with the Valyrian draft set. I will design my own agendas that after the drafting process, everybody can choose which agenda they want to play. And everybody has access to all seven agendas that I've designed. So I wanted to talk to you guys a bit about um, these agendas and kind of get your just like, honestly, your gut takes on them. It, you know, are they broken? Are they bad? Are they just boring? Are they, you know, I want to know what you guys think. So um, I think I shared this document, but I can go ahead and just read what the agendas um, do. And then we can kind of talk about, you know, how we feel about them. How's that sound? That's good to me. Um, so I thought uh, it would be cool. I know that we just got plots uh, that are all um, named after the seven gods of Westeros, the seven new gods, but I thought it would be cool um, to, to 
to use those as sort of uh, jumping off points or like design, uh, you know, inflection points for these agendas. So the seven agendas that I designed are all uh, named after one of the new gods, I guess they're called, right? One of the seven. Um, so the first agenda is, and I'll add a link in our YouTube uh, description and probably our uh, other, or just like the pot, the actual like episode description as well. So other people can, can read these. Um, so the first one is the father. Uh, it says during power challenges, raise the claim on each player's revealed kingdom or summer plot by one to a maximum of two. And then it has a second line of text where it says knight and king characters cost one less to marshal. Do we want to just go like one by one or do, should we read them all off and then analyze them as a group? Um, let's just uh, read them all off and then we can just, we, you know, overall. I'm back now. Um, it, may, it may be easier to do it one by one. Like, I kind of think it might be easier to do them one by one too, Groff, if you don't mind. Nope. Sounds good to me. Sorry, okay, Groff, so, like it, it makes more sense. Uh, I had to step away there for a second. It makes more sense yeah, to yeah. wait, but I'm back. I'm back in time. Okay. Sounds good. No worries. So did you, we're, we're talking about the father. Yep. I got it. All right. Uh, give me gut reactions. Let's start with Groff. Um, Overall, I, I mean, I think this is fine. Um, this would be no different than, you know, having a melee title that gives you extra power challenge or anything like that. And it's restricted. you got to have a kingdom or summer plot, which, um, I mean, usually kingdoms are first, right? Your first plot. So going right. You know, right well, and I should, that I should, uh, I should add the context. I should add the context. Sorry to interrupt you, but I should add the context that in this cube, um, I'm consi- I, I, I think what we're going to do is that you can play out of faction cards, but like in 1.0, they're just going to cost more gold. One more. Not exactly yeah. sure if it's going to be one or two. I'm thinking one, but I was going to float the idea of maybe loyal cards that are out of faction would cost two more, and non loyal yeah. cards that are out of faction would cost one. But maybe that's yeah. too much to remember. I'm not entirely sure. So this is kind of like a workshop <laughs> process. Yeah. Um, no, I hear you. And then the second part, the knights and kings, that really works with kingdom and summer plots. So I like the synergy right. there. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I think this is pretty solid. Yeah, it's worth noting that this uh, claim raise effect is happens on both sides. So your opponent will also get... Uh, they get they get a, a claim team. raise effect. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, and, and the, power, the, the power le- go ahead. Sorry, the the power level seems pretty high. Um, I guess we'll see what the rest of them look like. But that's right. that's my initial like. You know, yeah. it makes it makes your things. Um, oh, it makes all of them, not the first one. Oh my, this thing. This yeah, okay. Th- this thing seems strong. It's quite a bit of economy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's... the thought is in like the other draft sets, you know, you'd have the knight agenda where you can play all out exactly. of faction knights. And exactly. So yeah. the thought here was well, if knights cost, if out of faction knights and kings cost one more, 
this it basically says you can play out of faction knights and kings mm-hmm. right because it's offsetting that that you know additional gold or two that you'd have to spend so well, yeah. like um, you said though, this is working for everyone though it's not just you right if i'm reading it correctly um so it does say that but i think maybe it should say your you marshal okay. yeah your knights and kings I'm not sure. I'll have to look at the, um, I'll have to look at the, cause that, that seems like it could be, uh, kind of hectic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if two people are playing the father, then just everybody's <laughs> nice, it's <cost> two less. <laughs> uh, are, are so you restricting the agenda to one person or is it going to be? No. So everybody can people. choose. Cause basically like you do your draft and then you just choose which agenda makes the most gotcha. sense for the draft you just did. Okay. Um, so good. I think my intention was that the first line is universal. So like, you know, you can make a power challenge where the claim is two, but so can your opponent. So it's not like you're just the only one getting that advantage, but your deck is probably designed around winning power challenges more so than your opponent. So yes, the idea is your plot, right? Knowing that you have that effect. Exactly. 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 And then the reduction is supposed to be specific to your deck and the way you designed it. So that makes sense. Yeah. No, when so I that's ran a good my patch because I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I ran my yeah, cues in uh, Colorado Springs, the way I did it, I kind of went more general. I wanted like more of the card pool, like especially the bad cards. I went more like fun, mm-hmm. general, casual. Sure. And what I did yeah, is I did so. what you did with the eight, and then I used the Valerian cards, of course. And then, you know, this was me testing it several times too to, to get it right, to see it works. And so I had them draft first, and then they kind of, what they drafted off, they would pick their faction, and then they would pick their agenda, but I limited the agenda to one agenda. So you couldn't have multiple fathers or mothers. But that would be interesting now. You know, multiple people could have these agendas, which would be chaotic. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I just feel like the problem is that um, how do you determine who gets to draft the agenda first? And then, like, the person at the end if their draft like did just didn't work out and it doesn't match the the agenda they get stuck with i just feel like that person's having a bad time you For know sure. what i mean yeah. and so this just felt if i i really just was copying what they did with the valyrian draft Valerian, yeah. in in that in that you got to choose from a preset um like couple agendas and whichever one yeah. you know you can draft with them in mind you can audible mid draft, you know, you don't have to choose beforehand, none of that. So, um, so yeah. Um, and you'll see there is also some symmetry in these designs. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and obviously it's hard to talk about these without knowing what the card pool is, but just know that I'm considering traits and things of that nature in, um, in my selection of like the cards that are going to the queue. So like, obviously like, um, you know, and I should say, uh, similar to the Valyrian draft set, you'll have a, you'll have like a number of cards you're given before you draft, um, that you can add to your deck. And that will likely be like a, some econ and some plots. Um, just that a way, like if you don't draft a single plot, you still have a playable deck, you know? Um, and, the 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 plot the design is such that there are mostly um 
you know, all of these plot traits that we're going to talk about in these agendas. So, um, there's a lot of them out there. So it should, you know, these effects should happen frequently is the idea. So, um, why don't we move on to the next one? seems like you guys both thought the father was pretty strong. Um, and I guess we, we can always go circle back if we think, you know, if we want to reevaluate given like the new, what we know now, I guess, if that makes sense. But for the second one is the mother, uh, reaction. When you win dominance, choose either military intrigue or power. Your opponent must satisfy the chosen claim as if you were the winning opponent. Kind of a bit of like a Maester Aemon feel, except for it doesn't matter if they made the challenge. It's just if you win dominance, it's a reward for winning dominance. Um, and then another reaction, when you win dominance, draw one card. So that's like Tobo Mott's uh, ability, just kind of like tacked on to an agenda. This is obviously designed uh, with a specific, you know, archetype in mind. Um, but yeah, what are your guys' uh, thoughts on this? Why don't we start with Alejandro first here? Um, seems seems fine. Um, you can also compare it to the previous agenda too, because I mean, I guess that's. The idea is that we want a somewhat balanced seven agendas to choose from. Um, yeah, so if that's helpful at all. Um, I think, I'm, you know, I'm looking around a little bit. A lot of these have economy built into them, and this one doesn't. It, it, mm-hmm. it does have this dominance thing. I don't know. I, I'm not super great about <laughs> evaluating cards in a va- vacuum. I, You know, sure. so far these two, like, you know, they they look real fun. Like I, you know, I I'd, I'd play in a format yeah. with with uh, you know some extra agendas in there. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, yeah, I think. Roth, how about you? What do you? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. I was just yeah. Just I think it looks a little bit weaker than the other ones, but um, that's totally a fair evaluation. I think. Yeah, yeah. Graf, how about you? I got a claim in effect. You know, um, five cost amen. Um, and this is kind of forcing your opponent um, kind of to do challenges. So, you know, your decks, you know, it seems like a very defensive Well, it's, it's not quite Eamon in that um, it doesn't care if they've done the challenge. It more so wants them to sort of compete with you for dominance if they care Ooh. about the, the trigger, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, if they care, yeah. So I guess yeah. is kind of thoughtful in that, like, you know, uh, a mother is sort of nurturing and defensive. So I was thinking yep. like a defensive, passive sort of archetype. Um, I, I wanted, wanted an agenda that kind of rewarded too. that play style. Um, you're right, though, Alejandro, it doesn't have a, an econ reduction. So it's going to be harder to play cards from out of faction in this with this agenda. Um, that's totally true. And I think, I think your baseline evaluation that this is probably a weaker agenda than the previous one is totally valid. And it probably means I need to make a slight adjustment to it to just increase the power level slightly. Maybe Um, not because there there is quite an advantage to like not, not having to win challenges, right? Like you, you just keep all your stuff standing and you get good things happen. Right. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just win dominance and claim power from your opponent every turn, right. you know, and draw an extra card, mm-hmm. um, and just you just have to contend with their challenges. So it could be more powerful. 
know, it's yeah, yeah. It's that's what I'm line, saying. Like, I'm, 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 real, kind of yeah. I'm real bad at evaluating these things in a vacuum. I think these, you know, hey man, we're these two the look awesome. Boat. Yeah, like awesome. That's great. Yeah, I'm glad you think so. Um, okay, well, let's move along. Um, the next one is the Warrior. Uh, this one, this, there's some symmetry between this one and the Father. Um, during military challenges. Raise the claim on each player's revealed war or winter plot by one to a maximum of two. And then the second line is your wildling and army characters cost one less to marshal. I should also, um, I'm not sure if I should say one less to marshal or come out of shadows or just leave it at marshal, but that's again, kind of picking nits a little bit and something that could be adjusted down the road. But so this is a very symmetrical agenda to the father, except it cares about military challenges and the traits of the redu- reduced characters are, are typically they care more about, you know, military icons. So, um, yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, do you think that this is like, I mean, in, do you think the military having a two claim military challenge seems like it's probably maybe inherently a little bit more powerful than a two claim power challenge? Um, oh yeah, yeah. How do you how do you guys feel about this? This, one? this is sweet. I'm I'm yeah, playing very good with this deck. You're yeah. playing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing. You're Alejandro's in for Targ Warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, it's definitely um, an early on agenda. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's so, what I was saying with the um, other one, the father. Like, who cares? That, because, like you said, kingdom or summer plots. Okay, summer plots. I can see you playing mid, but kingdom's always your first plot. But there's no power in the beginning of the game, so you're not really right. um, using that agenda. So actually, where the, where the warrior the, is definitely a higher. So. Yeah. So actually, um, we can talk a little bit about the plots. Um, I will share this. Uh, well, I opened the wrong Google Sheet, but I will. Um, I will share this Google Sheet with you guys. So I have at least the first draft of the uh, plots selected. Um, I'll drop that in here. But basically, um, yeah. So. You know, some of the summer plots include, um, you know, like Tourney for the Hand, you know, some rushy style plots. Um, They are all the way at the bottom um, on line 409. But we've got um, uh, Valor Morghulis, March to the Wall, Holding the Trident is a draft-only plot, Um, Palace of Sorrows, Barring the Gates. So the summer plots are... Uh, exchange of information, tourney for the king, gathering storm, and feast or famine, which is a uh, which is a draft only plot. Um, as well as um, there probably will be one summer plot in the uh, in the the plots that you're given before you draft, um, as well as one kingdom plot. So, um, and then the kingdom plots are little fingers meddling. Loan from the Iron Bank, For the Realm, and King of the North. Now, obviously, you have to draft these plots in order to have them. So there's yeah. no guarantee you're going to get all of them. 
but there are four of every relevant trait. Um, uh, and that's not including the faction specific plots, which there are one of each of the, the series. Um, and those all have relevant traits here as well. Um, so I definitely think that there, there's a, there's a good chance that this warrior agenda is the strongest of the three and we'll see the third one later. But, um, yeah, I did a lot of choosing of plots with traits in mind. So, yeah, I would um, say this is the strongest so far. I would definitely put. I this think up I, there. I think I agree with that. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so moving on, uh, we've got the Smith uh, reaction after an attachment or location enters play under your control, gain one gold. And reaction after an attachment or location leaves play, draw one gold. I may have lost you guys audio wise. Uh, no, I got you. Okay, yeah, okay got you. we're back. All right. So sorry. The last thing I I just uh, asked, I, what, uh, I read off the maiden or the smith. Did you guys hear me yeah, read that? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, what were our reactions to that? What? Do we, how do we feel about that? I like the added location because I find attachments mm-hmm. in this kind of setting wasn't enough. Little, yeah, it's kind of tough. In this setting, right. with uh, attachments, yep. when you're doing multi multiplayer, it's yeah, probably pretty good. It, it's it's um, it, it probably is difficult for this to be able to par in limited format because characters kind of dominate that format. But exactly, um, yeah. but it looks it's... sweet, like. Yeah, it's you know when you when you consider there are some really powerful location engines uh, and attachment engines in the cube, you know I guess it's kind of slated towards those. I mean we're talking like uh, things we do for I do for love King's Landing. I don't know if you guys remember that card. Yeah. Um, so basically, like anytime you play, if you play that in this agenda, anytime you play a location, you're gaining a gold and drawing a card, right? Hard. Um, at least exactly. for the first three. Um, so yeah. I think this is one of those th- ones that like it definitely is going to vary. I think on how strong of a deck you draft, you know, and how many locations you get. The fact that um, all of the all of the limited location packages that you get before you draft include three king's roads definitely helps the location leaves play effect to matter oh, at boy, least yeah. you know, I mean, somewhat. That, yeah, that that's so. Right. Um, this seems like one of those where, like, maybe it doesn't look really strong right now, but it could easily be the strongest, <laughs> and you know, it might need to be nerfed. So, yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Um, it looks. After... It definitely looks the more or the one of the weaker ones, but yeah, this is definitely going to. When you give us feedback, you're going to definitely see if it's the strongest. Right. right. So the next I, I'm definitely. Got... Oh, good. I was just gonna say I would definitely, as of right now, like Alejandro said, it's tough to say in a vacuum, but I'd be on the warrior, uh, mm-hmm. probably right off the bat, yeah. or even you know. Yeah, the I mean, father. if you can get the, 
if you can get the plot crates to line up, it definitely seems it definitely seems strong. I mean, we know one goal, one card, and drawing one card is very strong. So, see, absolutely, as we've seen with Valyrian Steel. Yeah. Um, Okay. The next one is the Maiden. This is an interesting one. while you control less characters than your opponent, characters you marshal cost two gold less. Hmm. I'm probably not wording that exactly as it should be, but I think you guys get the gist. Yep. Yeah. The second line is while you control less locations than your opponent, locations you marshal cost one gold less. This is a tough one to evaluate, I think. I will note that CT, of all seven of these, CT said this was the one he was the most intrigued by. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued because I'm like, is this a, this is definitely a play behind an agenda. And are you resetting right. first or how, how do you, because mm-hmm. if you reset, then guess what? Now this gets turned off too. So that's what. That's right. <laughs> If you wait, you buy your time, then reset, and then you take off. I'm not. This is wild. Yeah, Especially definitely the, a tough one. In the to format, evaluate. yeah, in the format you're talking about, this is very hard to, <laughs> to evaluate. Yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things where it it should like in theory it should keep you at least on your opponent's heels, but it's not necessarily going to propel you past them. So yeah. it's it's kind of a for, it seems like it's maybe a forgiving agenda, like you know. Sorry, you drew oh, maybe, those bad seven cards. <laughs> Sorry, you got <laughs> Mulligan. Yeah, anyway. or, or maybe like my I had to audible mid draft and I I didn't yeah. get all of the draft gun cards I thought I was going to, and now I'm playing like just I'm like Lannister good stuff, you know, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, this sounds like so, my agenda. <laughs> maybe this is yeah. for me where i like just mulligan into a bad hand i'm like oh at least i have this to save me i will also say it's probably also the co- most combo-y agenda all right yeah. um because if you're doing something where you're recurring a character over and over again or something like that yeah. and you just always are going to have less characters than your opponent it's definitely something that i could i think could be abused yeah, it also yeah. really it really rewards initiative. Like if you can get your opponent mm-hmm. going first every turn, your stuff is just mm-hmm. like it's just a a lot of money your on stuff the agenda. Is cheaper. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, for Those sure. Cards. Yeah, it turns it turns all those like four seven one four eight one plots into you know six seven eight one plots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Very I think true. it could be sneaky good. So, um, yeah. Okay, the next one is the crone. Um, during entry challenges, you guys are probably know where this is going. Raise the claim on each player's revealed scheme or omen plot by one to a maximum of two. And your characters cost one less to bring out of shadows or ambush. So instead of having like a specific... Yeah, so instead of having a specific trait um, that they reduce, they're reducing all characters that you yeah. ambush or, shat- or bring out of shadows. Yeah, keyword, yeah. Keyworded characters, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think my assumption is this this is probably the least powerful of the three. Um, just because I feel like intrigue challenges are often the least important uh, in like the whole like scheme of things. Um, you know, obviously very important still. And you can definitely lose a game by running out of cards in hand. But um yeah, I mean I think hopefully the power level is close enough to the other two that it's interesting, you know. I would yeah, the, yeah I would say this is the weakest. It is made super interesting by the fact that uh the shadows keyword is, is being propped up here and mm -hmm. the omen keyword is being propped up. So if you can get some resets, like you know yeah. mm -hmm. you're probably Absolutely. probably eyeing this thing. Yeah. If you can get away with it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, this is definitely a home for, like, the shadows and sort of jumpy, ambushy yeah. decks. And and uh, and um, it's not quite like a Kingdoms of Shadows agenda, you know, of old. But, um, you know, I wanted a home for, for those, those archetypes. And this seemed like a, a decent place to put them. And I also needed to finish off my sort of my tri my trifecta of uh, <laughs> yeah. claim claim raising effects. So, claim raise, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we claim one on valor, claim one on intrigue on valors now. So or valor Morgulus that is. So and, yeah. and there and you know there are other good there are other surprisingly uh, good omens. Um, at the Palace of Sorrows is an omen. Uh, the Gathering Storm. Yeah, consider too that I in this cube I I'm going to be using things I do for love just because I want this to be a relatively high power level cube. Um, yeah. So Gathering yeah. Storm is like a kind of a broken card, and it's broken Omen card. and Summer, so yeah. it's two rel relevant traits. Yeah. Um, six eight, six eight two, pretty good. Mm, first Snow of Winter, also an Omen. Um, yep. You know, so and then obviously good for jumping. Us, so yeah. yeah, first Snow good for jumping characters. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just said that I found the same thing. As much I love Intrigue Challenge, and I've tried to build decks around winning it. You know, even just gassing someone's hand, sometimes in Thrones, they draw the next two cards that are the right ones. And That's just... kind of the problem with attacking the hand in Thrones, is unlike a lot of card games where you only draw a single card per turn, yep. you know, in Thrones, you draw, you draw like, you know, 100% more cards <laughs> than other card yep. games every turn. <laughs> so that's just, yep. you have to be doing a, a, like twice, you got to be doing double duty. Double and duty. Like yep. you said, and like you said, like if they just draw two relevant cards, like that's oftentimes enough to. So you got to be making, affecting the board in other ways as well. Exactly. So yep. I think this is the one I I, I have the most skeptical of uh, out of the gate. But at the same time, we've definitely seen shadows decks be very powerful and abused and abused. So you know. I guess approach it with caution. I approach it with caution. So I mean, if I was uh, planning to pick this one, though, this is this speaks to me the most. Even though I know in the end, yeah. you yeah. you just can't win off an entry. Unfortunately, you have to right. play the power right. game. power game as well. Like you said, you got to do double duty, mm -hmm. entry game power. Well, I yeah. pick it. I uh, I also was careful to 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 you know to choose characters and not cards cost wise. Yeah. Um, so more, <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. And uh, finally, we uh, we round it out with the stranger, perhaps the the strangest of all the agendas uh, here, <laughs> fittingly. Um, during setup, cards cost one additional gold for you. So uh, during your setup, I'm not really sure how that should say, but um, I'll figure it out. So during your setup, cards cost one additional gold. Draw phase action. I don't know how many draw phase actions we have in the game, but I was just like, probably not enough, so I'm going <laughs> to make one. Draw phase action. Kill one character you control. Discard one card from your hand and move one power from your house card to your opponent's house card to reveal a new plot card from your plot deck. Nice. Well, that's an effect. Yep, that is an effect. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't use it on turn zero or turn one, right? Because who has power on their house card in the draw phase of turn one? Yeah, and you have to have all three. You got to be able to do all three to trigger this. So, got to be able to do all three. A... Wheels within wheels type of card, which I like. Right, which I mean, wheels within wheels is going to be in this cube. Um, it is going to be in the cube. It's going to be in this cube. Um, yeah, so there's definitely going to be some manipulation in this cube. Um, and I, I guess the question is: is the price too high, or is it not high enough? You know, because it's obviously a very it's obviously a very yeah. powerful um, effect, you know, and you're going to be gimped somewhat on your setup having only, well, it does, it's not exactly having only four gold, but it's sort of like, like a, a house HRD situation, except for you don't get the location. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think, I think it was smart to do the draw phase too, because you didn't, you didn't collect the gold on your, you know, your plot, then you switch your plot. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is, I think the cost one additional for setup is, is too punishing. That's just my opinion though. Um, but I think the draw phase action is perfect. Do all three of those to change a plot. I also, this should also be limit one per round. <laughs> round. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you should be able to do this twice. If like, say you could, you know, yeah, if you could, yeah. Um, yeah, Alejandro. Other than saying this is an agenda or a card, rather, I'm <laughs> I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, I mean, it looks super fun. I I agree with Groth that this setup is probably too limiting. Like mm. that is. Like, that... do you think the cost of killing a character, discarding a card, and and losing a power is enough of a cost? That you don't, I don't need. It doesn't need to have the setup drawback. Probably in a, but I guess I don't know like all the, uh, all the plots. Um, hold on, let me let me take a look. There's plots here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean these are subject to change. I, but I, th I think so it's probably fine. I I would, I mean I'd err on the side of putting this in, and then you know. You kind of let let the games figure out if if you shouldn't have done that, but um, <laughs> you know there's going to be less plots to abuse in this format, so 
Um, I would, I would, I would roll with it for sure. Yeah, I mean, you don't There's have navel, like... right? There's no navel. You don't have navel. Um, there it's is not, not a... a navel right now. Yeah. Although, like I said, the be. plots, the plots are certainly <laughs> up for. They're not set in stone. I, I, I'm trying to insert back. But I think the problem with navel was that it's not relevantly traded. Is it war traded or is it? Uh, it's war, um, I believe. Is it or is it just let me, siege? Let me check. It might be siege, though. Let me check. It's siege war. war. No, yeah. it's siege war. It's war. That could be. It's war. I, yeah. It should probably be in the cube. Let's just say that much, especially with <laughs> wheels within wheels and Trixie Bird. It, it should probably yeah. be in the cube. So I'll, the first I'll thing I'm. To, yeah. Yeah. The first thing I'm thinking is is Valmagulus, but then I'm like. Uh, are you willing to trade that plot you just picked? Because you're wasting that plot, well, I think, you know, I think that you just idea, picked. I think the idea is you Valor, and then you draw phase into something with claim and economy. Exactly, yeah. That That's what I'm wondering. Like, you could do it either way, right? You could either see, well, I'll waste this I, plot and yeah. see what they, what they do, and then if they're, if, you know, they played a, a plot that is good for you to change the Valor, or vice versa, but then also, then that's what I'm thinking about naval. This works really well with naval, and right. I think that's to your cost. It's really. Question, I think this is yeah. worth it. Kill kill a person, discard one card, and and lose a power. I think is worth to do to play that naval plot. You know, I okay, think. So you think guys, you guys think let people also, have. Go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's also not doing anything turn one because you don't have a power. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you cannot yeah. do this in turn one. Yeah. 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 And so you have to you have to be like you have to get power before you can even take advantage of this. Yeah, let, okay. let the play set up cards. It's a lot right. of fun. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I find something else. You can find something else. We're you know <laughs> we're gonna regret this. <laughs> well, maybe maybe like. Maybe like limit their hand, like they can only draw six cards, or you know something like that. Or maybe yeah. on after setup on the refill, they have to start at like five cards, or I don't know. You can, you can for, always ask do for forgiveness, not for permission, right? You know. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. I mean, ask for permission I, I can, first. Ask for forgiveness can, uh, later. <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll just put it out there, and you know, and and just see if somebody if somebody breaks it when we in yeah, the first uh, king draft you know yeah yeah i oh, think man. the fact that you can't the fact that you can't use it on turn one um as far as i'm aware there's no way to have like i don't think there's a plot not and obviously i have control over which plots are in the cube so yeah, yeah. um yeah um yeah i mean i think heads it's on spice really would be the only one heads on spice would be the only one and that's oh, great. Heads on spikes, yeah. And I'm not I don't currently have heads on spikes in the cube. Not to say that I shouldn't necessarily. It's not really one of my favorites, and I don't know that it has it does it is a war plot. So again, it's a war plot. If it's a yeah. if if it's a war omen, summer, winter, uh scheme, whatever whatever the kingdom, like I'm considering it, you know. So um, there will be a couple plots that aren't those. In fact, on the list, there are a few that I just don't even mention the traits because the traits aren't relevant. I think there's two of them. Um, and I think I'm going to add, um, I think I'm going to add a few more plots anyway, 
Um, Cause I just want, I want people to be able to draft like a plot or two. That's kind of the idea is like everybody exactly, gets yeah. to draft like one or two plots that they can modify their plot line so that not everybody's playing the same five, four or five plots in their five card plot line. Um, Drafting so. plots is the best. That's yeah. the bonus. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. This is also, no, I, where, you know, I it's worth downside, noting, I would uh, say. Okay. I'll start without a downside and we'll, we'll see where it goes. I might also I might also proof this through a couple other people and just get gut reactions because I'm interested. But um, it's worth noting that the uh, the the cube will play forty card decks, five card plot decks. Not sure if we're playing to ten power or fifteen. Kind of curious what you guys is now that you've seen these agendas. What your what your feeling on that is? I believe the draft was to ten power. Uh, not 100% on that. It's been quite a few years. If the power level is going to be high, you probably want the power. You probably it, want to be playing to 15. 15. That's, my, that's my gut. My gut is yeah. play to 15, keep the other two things, keep the 40-card decks, keep the five-card plot decks. The, you um, probably need to test that because you know, it probably changes how often people are decking out before they win. Yeah, and you know me. I've included a couple... Uh, I've, I've included, you know a couple ways to mill people out. So, cause just that seems like stupid and fun to have in a cube. You got to have weird <laughs> win conditions in cubes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you bet your, you bet your bippy Queens retinue and uh, whatever that stupid shadows attachment is that are definitely in the cube. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Plus, I don't know if you remember, but there's, a is that cold for music? love event? What's it? <laughs> is that cult right here? Yeah, yeah. I think a, a wild cult must appear. Uh, it's like yeah. a, it's like saying Candyman in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> you say Mill. You say Queen's Retinue and attach your name. That's what's preventing Colt from haunting me. Is that I don't know We're the attachment's names. If yeah, you say it. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but uh, in Movie for Love, there's a there's an event that kills two card and dead pile. Oh yeah. yeah, that's the name of the. Okay, Colt. There he is. Hey, hi, Colt. No, it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so no, for no, sure. This is another reason play cube is you get to play those cards again. All those broken. Yeah, cards. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's just there's the I, it's designing designing a cube is so much fun because I get to think like oh like. Oh, like what are some weird cards that would never normally be able to interact with each other because they're loyal that people yeah. could actually play together in this format, you know? Exactly. And and I'll never think of all of them, but people will figure them out on their own as they draft and play. And um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the event, and I appreciate your guys' input on these. Um, before we before we close out this section, I. I'm curious to know. You've heard all seven. Are you, which one are you guys? Uh, which one are you guys gravitating towards as being the the most objectively powerful? Groff, you first. I'll still say. I'll still say warrior. Cool. Um, I mean, the stranger. The stranger definitely could be top, but I'll say warrior yeah. right now. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm definitely playing the. Uh... The Cal Drogo like agenda, I mean, but all right. More, so that means I I got to be nerfing that shit. That's what I'm hearing right here. That's, that's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> that's bull- the father, the father. 
That is just because of early on games, you know, the earlier yeah. start is what really, I mean, you guys talked about it. Look For what sure. Sea of Blood. Yeah. Sea of Blood targeted yeah. to, to the game yeah. at the end of it, so. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I could see that being really, really challenging. So it's, you know, uh, everybody the only worst thing you could have done is put choke in. If you put choke in here, that'd be the only worst <laughs> worst digit. I was kind of planning on it, but you know, um, I, I was kind of hoping to represent major like archetypes if possible, but there's only so much room uh, in the cube. No, so, I hear you. Yeah. Um, so we will see. But sweet. Well, thanks for giving me your your guys' input on that, and uh, hopefully that was enjoyable for the listeners. Like I said, we will. Uh, we will definitely link these agendas and hopefully by the time we release this, maybe even the cube list, we'll see. That's a definite, definite maybe, but um, yeah. So uh, Wait, I'll be scheduling to release this? a couple days, maybe a day. I don't know. I'm almost done with my list. Uh, it's I've got okay. individual faction, individual faction lists on drones. DB. I haven't put them up on the spreadsheet with like hyperlinks and stuff. That's the only, and we're back, and now begins hour three of the oh, return boy. podcast. This is a thick <laughs> boy. Yeah, thickest of boys. Well, it's a good thing we're wrapping things up. It's now 2.41 in the morning. Thank you, Groth and Alejandro, for being up this late with me. No uh, My pleasure. Yeah, I mean, definitely... Uh, had a lot of fun talking to you guys and uh hopefully it's not another three years between uh our now and our next episode but who knows <laughs> but who knows you never know what's gonna happen so um yeah any uh any closing thoughts before we get out of here are we gonna are we gonna, when when are we thinking for the next episode i guess we don't have to but yeah the people gotta people we don't people we don't divulge that information publicly i guess that's fine (laughs) just you know keep uh, keep an eye out for i teased it earlier and i'm just i'm just so excited oh boy i don't i don't know if i'm ready for that dude i mean you you don't have to be on it my dude (laughs) yeah okay all right i mean i feel like i kind of have to be though oh yeah. yeah i think so yeah um i think it, you know we talked about doing some like build a deck play a deck and uh, analysis content um i floated the idea of doing some like live game analysis potentially uh, yeah maybe look for you know i don't know pie in the sky some varied styles of future content from zero reserve but uh yeah i'm definitely ready to go to bed so Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Um, And, uh, yeah, have a good night. Later. Good night. Peace.